it's very strong that it's, when it's entertained, the solution, from the solution's view, if there is a solution's view, but let's use the word, from the solution's view, the problem doesn't actually exist, yeah? So as soon as that happens, it negates the need for a solution. So there's no solution either. That's the beauty of it, yeah? There's a solution when there seems to be the problem. When there is no problem, yeah? The absence of the problem is the solution, which isn't a solution, yeah? because it's not a solution to anything. Yeah? That's what is. <coughs> it's established as what it's always been. <coughs> At one point, <coughs> we hear it, and the way we hear it, 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 it's defined or framed as, maybe this is going to be a solution to my problem. My problem is obsession with self, identification with self, whatever, yeah? And it sounds good, and you, and that's how it's held for a while. As long as the problem has a, a, a reality, it holds it as a solution, yeah? So if you're living from the problem, it holds it as a solution with the hopes that this solution is going to affect the influence of the problem. Right? Just like everything else I've tried to use as a solution to the problem, drugs and everything else. We're all basically, from the, from the mental process's point of view, we're used for the same thing, to get relief from the pollution of the process of selfing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I was talking with Eric yesterday, it's like, I've noticed, at least in this experience, I want to have the sense that I'm not a, a body, but being in a body and having that sense. <laughs> so I don't want to have any of this shit happen, but I want to be special. <laughs> I want to still be a someone here, but I don't want any of the shit that the someone attracts. <laughs> it's very difficult to extract this shit from the someone because the someone is shit. <laughs> it's very difficult to have the someone stand alone and have the shit removed because when you realize it, it's shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's all right. So here's the solution. Yeah, just like it says in recovery, there is a solution. There is a solution. Yeah. The solution is there is no problem. Yeah. As soon as that's recognized, then it's like Ramana said, the thorn is in your foot and it's bothering you as you're traveling. Yeah. So maybe you buy Dr. Scholl's foot things and try to do all these things that are thicker socks to try to relieve you of that irritation. But then one day you just had enough and then you're looking around and you find what you deem to be a solution, a thorn. You know, I'm going to use this thorn to dig out this other thorn. Yeah. When I dig out the other thorn, I don't replace it with this thorn. Because now, if I did, I would still have that irritation. It may not be as severe, so I'm feeling like I'm doing much better. Yeah, this is great, but it's still very... It's not a freedom, in a sense, yeah? You're still relying... The thorn is still irritating you. But this idea is, this is the solution, this is the problem. You dig out the problem with the solution, then you realize there is no problem, there goes the solution. That's a real solution. Yeah? Because if there is no solution, then it's totally reliable. Because it's always here, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it. None. It's, it's an established condition. Prior to all the mental arisings and the emotional arisings and the instinctual drives and all of the thoughts about things that are happening, it's prior to that. It's an established let's say, non-conditional condition. Yeah? That is reliable. When the mind rests there, it can find true peace because it is complete in and of itself. It's not in the process of anything. It's not in the process of accumulating to a point of arriving or, or uh, completion. It's not in a process of progress to a point of fulfillment. It's already complete in and of itself. And your mind is now resting there. Now, of course, then all the mind's manifestations on all the levels will chill out somewhat, yeah? So the house won't seem so uh, real. The fire won't seem so hot on one level. On another level, there'll be a lot of serenity. You'll comprehend the word serenity and no peace. You'll be able to actually rest right where you are. I mean, truly rest because you realize there's nowhere to go. Yeah? You've never gone anywhere your whole freaking life. 
You've been right where you've been the whole time. Tons of things have moved through, yeah? But you, as that established awareness, hasn't gone anywhere. So there's a great rest comes over you. So on all the different levels of mind manifesting, and it's manifesting on lots of levels, you know? You can see it's going through emotional conduits and getting, you know, uh, knotted up somehow, physical conditions knotting up, mental states driving the mind crazy or agitating it completely, yeah? So the mind is seemingly at the effect of what it's manifesting through, yeah? Or the vehicle it's on. So what we're saying is, instead of trying to change the vehicle, we're going to just going to change one thing. Who's the driver? Yeah. If there isn't a driver, I find that that idea resonates on every level. Yeah. Every level, it's going to produce uh, a traveling lighter in a sense. Yeah. When there's no need to move, there'll be no need to move. Yeah. When there's action needs to be done, you'll probably be spurred to action. Yeah. Things will happen, and you'll get a sense of of that which you can never have an experience of, but you'll intimate it by its effects through this life. Yeah? Through this life that you seem to be engaged in on a lots of levels. Yeah? But the real solution is when you realize there's not a problem. The problem isn't the journey or the, the, the terrain, it's the driver. Because yeah? the driver thinks the terrain should be different. The driver thinks this journey is way too long. This driver thinks every journey is like a race. I've got to compare myself to see how I'm doing with everyone else. The driver, that mental condition called selfing, has such a, a agitating influence on the mind. Yeah, Incredible because it's not enough to be here. It's always there and then. It's never able to rest here because its activity here is there and then. Yeah. It doesn't have an activity called here that doesn't have there and then in it. Yeah. So this whole idea, like someone goes, hey, you know, all right, I learned about selfing and now, you know, I've been selfing all day. Yeah. Or selfing's really screwing with me today. That's not it. Yeah. That's selfing. The feeling of being the someone who's being done to or the someone that's doing something is the product of the selfing. The product of the selfing. When the selfing is listened to from an ignoring place, when you're ignoring that established state and you're taking yourself to be this mental apparition, yes? When you're in that state of being the mental apparition, it seems like you're doing everything or things are being done to you, yeah? That you're the chooser, you're the doer, you're the haver. And you actually believe your condition is based on you. When you is just a mental condition. Out of many that are arising, that one condition now becomes the one that trumps all the other conditions. So that one condition is what all the other conditions are happening to. <laughs> so this whole idea of life is happening, now it's just squeezed into this giant magnifying glass, but an opposite one. So when you're looking out there, you're being magnified. You. I'm the one. I'm this. I'm the one who did that. Yeah. Every time you're engaged with something, it's like, what? Well, this giant magnification of this idea of being Paul. Yeah? And so Paul looms over everything else. All of the all of the things going on in your life is like this this pale of Paul over it. <laughs> it's like being in Brooklyn in the winter, you know? Where every day there'd be like this hovering gray sky. It looked like it was like forty feet over you. It was like on you. But when you come out of the subway you'd be like just you like living in a five foot room, so to speak. That's sort of what it's like, you know? It's like this weather front that we never notice. We notice the storms and the rain and the hail, but we never know the weather front has moved over this incredible sky. It's clear and bright and with full of light, and this weather front has taken its place. Yeah? And then we become the little pseudo-sun in that little system. Yeah? Everything, it's like your road. All roads lead to you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And there's a huge traffic jam. Way too much stuff's coming in. And you can't process it well enough, can you? 
the sense of you is overwhelmed, but it won't admit it. It won't freaking surrender. <laughs> it just won't give up the ghost. <laughs> it just rationalizes and justifies it and blames others for it, and it just won't just admit it's a failed system, you know. Till escape seems the only answer. What? Till escape seems the only answer. But the yeah, but see, the escape. There is no escape from an imaginary yes, place. That's make, how it sucks we, you we in. We find something. Exactly. We try to find something. That's it. That's that how work. you live, being in it. Yeah, you. You're moving in it is trying to get out of it. That's that's you're in its specifications. You haven't left. The ballpark. <laughs> you keep there's a lot of exit signs and people are selling you tickets to how to get out and they have old maps telling you how to get out, but basically none of them lead out. They're just another form of being in. That's the trick here. Yeah. You'll get a lot of mental you know, hoorays in there by trying to get out. There's a lot of nobility in it. A lot of people will respect you. Oh, he's been working at this for years. He's really trying to get out of this place. I don't know. But the fact is, no one's going anywhere. <laughs> you can't get out of something you're not in. It's impossible. I've tried it. So have most of us in this room. I did it with drugs. It didn't work. <laughs> and I, of course, in self-centeredness, you'll always blame you for the reason why it failed. But one day, just hopefully one day, you'll see it's a failed system of thought and interpretation that your mind seems to have landed on and then it got stuck in this idea of time. So now it believes it's in this place. It wants to get out, but all forms of trying to get out are a way of being in it. Yeah, It's like a little Chinese thumb puzzle thing, torture thing. It just can't figure that first logic. Like when you're introduced to computers and someone tells you how to go somewhere, and they give you the first step, and you run into the wall, you can't get to the email. <laughs> you like hurt, and you go over for hours, you just can't make the one little leap, logical leap, because you don't know computerese, yeah? It's the same thing. Conditional mind's logic is very, very distorted. It's based on insanity and incredible wild assumptions, and it doesn't make sense, yeah? So when it goes... <coughs> An action, when there's the awareness of consciousness of an action, the mental process says, there must be an actor. That's what it does. That's its logic. If it sees an action, someone must have done this. Yeah? This is the whole point, a lot of the biggest points of the Course of Miracles is this inherent guilt. And this inherent guilt of self-centeredness is that the way you look at things, let's say someone gives you an idea that, you know, everything can be beautiful, all is love. Everything should be. Everyone should be just yummy, yummy with each other, and just having you know, just a lovely, loving gaze look, and constantly helpful. And oh yes, go ahead of me. Yes, take my jacket. I know it's cold. And, like that. and so, but then your day interpretation is that doesn't way doesn't look that way at all, does it? So you have this idea that it could be really wonderful, but it ain't. You don't see you have a role in that in self-centeredness? You better believe you have a role in it. You believe that it's because of you that it's this way. That's the inherent guilt of being a self. It believes that it separated itself from the wholeness, and now it's like, oh, fuck, you know? I separated myself from God. What does that make me? Not much, you know? Just like when I had the Lord of the Universe, and I didn't like the Lord of the Universe... I got into such a mental, emotional vice of, how could I not like the Lord of the Universe? I mean, what does that make me that I'm the only person that doesn't like the Lord of the Universe? The Lord of the Universe. You know what that means? It meant a lot to me. The Lord of the whole universe. And I go, I don't like him. That's on a big, obvious scale. This is happening all day. If someone's not happy, in a way, you take it upon yourself for being the cause of it. Yeah? It just, that's how it works, self-centeredness. So, you want to get out, but getting out is a form of being in. Yeah? That's why it says, self can't get out of self. That's the great, one of the greatest statements of recovery, is, you know, just give it up. Self not going to get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha. You can't use mind to find mind. You can't use the light to find the light. That is the light. Yeah. So it has a different effect. It isn't like, oh, I finally got it. 
There's just a continual getting of it. Yeah. There wasn't like, oh, I got it. Oh yeah, I got that one. Yeah, I got. I woke up about 35 years ago. I remember the day. Yeah, you can come over to my house. I still have it in the closet. There it is. See, I got it. Sometimes I use it when I go out, retreats and stuff, but usually I don't. You know, shopping at home, you know, watching basketball now. But, you know, if I go to a talk, I put it on. Yeah, see, I got it. Still mine. I didn't go out anywhere. I polish it occasionally. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll let you look at it, but very... No, not very long. <laughs> oh, there it is. No, there's a getting of it, yeah? It's called entertaining. The entertaining doesn't cease. Once the mind gets off of this... All this boredom that looks exciting out here, once it finds this, it's, it's incessantly entertaining what's incessantly on. Yeah? It never takes a breath. It's always... Getting, 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 getting. That's like in recovery says you have it by giving it away. Well, in a sense, you have it by getting it and giving. Getting, giving, getting, giving, getting, giving, getting, giving. Yeah? It's just, it's not like a, an event. It's like a continual flow, like a constant verb with no interruption. Now, the mental process wants to put nouns everywhere. That's its pause, you know? When we talk about a pause in recovery, there's this moment where something happens and you get a sense of the timelessness of a moment. I like to call it a pause. Yeah? And there's an incredible, it's so refreshing, and everything just stops, and you just, it's like seeing your original face yeah? in Zen. You know, there's nothing there, you just that. But the mental idea of a pause is, here's this incredible, incessant manifestation of being going on, and you're right on the pulse of the being, the beingness of it, and it makes a pause, and it, it puts nouns in there. I'm the one who's feeling the pulse of the world. I'm the one who's who's feeling this peace, yeah? And that's what gets that's what interrupts that that resting in that that awareness is that there's you that's resting in the awareness. And as soon as there's a you that's resting in awareness, there'll be a you that's not resting in the awareness. And then more and more the verb will be forgotten, but the noun will be emphasized. And so the you'll your attention will lead like the pulse of living or that verb of living and it will go into the noun of an interpretation. Yeah? It leaves the sense of living and goes into a story about the living. Yeah? When it rests there, it gets rigid, you know? It gets arthritic. You get dogmatic. You get right. Yeah? You start blaming others for not taking your view to be true. Something like that, yeah? A lot of rigidity, a lot of arthriticness starts showing up in the mind because it's not on the pulse of life anymore. It's, there's a belief that there's a someone, yeah? That's the noun. So that's the selfing. Now there's this little verb of a mental process called selfing and all its drive is, is to produce that noun so that you will have a pause, a mental pause, from the incessant entertaining of what's so. You'll end up in a mental pause, and that's where time becomes so freaking real. Everything gets to be so real here in that mental pause. And it's trying to stretch out that mental pause year, 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 after year, after year. It can never beat the timelessness, but it can appear to forget the timelessness by being remembered as a noun. Yeah? And of course it has an effect. Once you're, on, in, once you're living that noun, it's drying, drying up, it's rigid, it doesn't have the elan vital of living, it's going to seek, yes? But it's going to seek from its original ignorance. It's going to be looking outside for other nouns, for other things, to give it relief from being the big noun, yeah? But if it would drop the noun, it would sense the verb, and it would realize the solution is always available at all times. It's not locked away. You don't have to acquire it. You don't have to protect it. You don't have to be vigilant about it. You, all you have to do is become aware of it, in a sense, to entertain it, yeah? And then see what it does. And what it does is, it puts you at a point of, I don't know, and you find out. And in the finding out is the most convincing way of learning here. Yeah? 
When you find out that after all the huffing, puffing of any of any and all the selfing, all the times where it seems to have displaced you way into the future or back into the past or somewhere other than where you are, when all that gets exhausted, you're always right where you've always been. And after a while, you get that you've never left. Yeah? You've never left. None of this, all these shenanigans, are, are, they're, not, they're not even like a henna tattoo to this face. They're not even, they're not, not even close to an ink tattoo. They're not even a henna tattoo. They wash off so quickly. Nothing sticks to your inherent nature. No matter how many coats of mental paint you over it, nothing's going to stick. If you have that assurance, you'll have freedom. From what? From the slings and arrow of this place. You'll travel lighter on all the levels of manifestation of the mind. Yeah? On dirt shit levels, on higher in sense, what you would call more subtle levels. Yeah? You won't even want to go to some subtle levels. You'd see the pointlessness of it. Yeah? And you see the solution is right here, right now, just as it is at all times. Like dog shit awareness. Yeah? They're not personal development. Hmm? They're not personal levels. No, they're not personal levels at all. There's no personal level. But the thing is, the mental process will add a personalness to every level. Yeah, it will take whatever level's manifesting and turn it into a mental process. It will it will mentalize it in a sense. It will infect it with its interpretive sin. So on a high level, you'll still think you're the doer. On the low level, you really see you're the doer. Yeah? The doing, the sense of being a doer, will go in all the levels. Yeah? So you'll get to these high levels or states, but the person still, there's still a belief they're the meditator. They're the one who's entertaining that state. Yeah? So it's like what you choose to believe. It's not like you choose to believe. It's not like that, because there's no you to choose to believe it. It's like the just see what, what's believed. What's believed, yeah. The mind will show you its cards. You just watch it. It'll show you what it really believes, yeah. It will. And then when you see what it really believes, maybe the emphasis will be on the seeing of it, and then you'll realize whatever arises, there's something that's bringing you that, and that's the seeing of it, yeah. And maybe just maybe let's move my attention. There's no moving, but just entertaining that the attention may coagulate there, start resting there, and you have enough attention to navigate a day very easily. But a large, let's say, an aspect of your attention will never leave anymore, this place, because it's resting in and of itself. So wherever the attention is, that's where it's resting. Not on what it's resting, not what the attention's on, but the attention itself. Yeah? Not what the attention is on. It doesn't it's not like it never leaves this thing, but it never leaves the sense of the attention of that thing. Yeah? So it's not even really a belief, it's more like subliminally infiltrated. <laughs> I like that term, subliminally infiltrated. <laughs> I tried that on some girls. It didn't work out well. <laughs> they got, they got, they overtly got mad at me. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So consciously, you're not even thinking about it. It's just oh yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Well, they say mostly it, where what, what we call choice comes from is the subconscious. Yeah, right. They do simple tests where they show. The, the the choice or the option has been entertained before the thought that you did it. Yeah? Like in other words, you and I, the feeling of being you is an afterthought to what's happening here. Yeah? So if it's an afterthought, it's a process. It took time for the sense of you to formulate. Yeah? Now what's prior to that? What's prior right now in your, your experience, what's prior to the formulation of that it's you? Won't you think it would be conscious contact? Right. So something, it doesn't say your contact, this is conscious contact. So consciousness is in contact here, yes? Right. It's always in contact here, yes? Consciousness. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So, and then the feeling of you being the one who's conscious is an afterthought, yeah? So a mental process ar- arises, in a sense, after the consciousness, and then produces this interpretation that it's you. Well, like it always follows 
what I what I think of myself or what I think of a certain circumstance. Well, that does, but the consciousness doesn't follow that. The consciousness always precedes whatever you've thought about any situation, subconsciously or not. The consciousness is the basis of this manifestation, yeah? Mm-hmm. Consciousness in contact, yeah? So in this consciousness in contact, then there's a thought that it was you that was that's in contact. But that took time, yeah? Right. So you're produced. The feeling of being you is produced by the mental process. Yeah. What, what's prior to that? Why would you want to rest in what's being produced by a mental process when you can rest in what's prior to it? Yeah. Maybe you would find freedom and peace from the mental process by resting here. Not by following the mental process's ideas about where peace is to be found, but to go, in a sense, beyond or behind the mental process and land there. And maybe, just maybe, entertain it, and then you'll find out that's what you were looking for. I'm not saying it's what you're looking for. You'll find out. Yeah. Once the attention is is uh, is allowed to leave this incredible mental pursuit of selfing, it may find itself resting in this moment-to-moment consciousness and becoming aware of that. It may find that to be home. Yeah. And of course, if that's the case, then that the mind resting there its effects will reverberate in what you call manifestation. So you'll travel lighter through the affairs of your life. Yeah? Yeah? It'll produce a long-lasting effect of lightness on this level, on this level, on this level. Yeah? And I'll, and I'll manifest whatever plane I'm on. Well, you'll you'll see the mind manifesting whatever plane you're on. You're not manifesting. That's, yeah, the mind. mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when you, when the house is on fire, you won't be sitting there reading a philosophy book about there is no fire and there's no house. You'll be looking for a pail of water. You'll be very appropriate to what's happening, not what you think should be happening. Yeah? Huh. Yeah, yeah, you'll become flexible. Because yeah. the mind's moving in a lot of different levels, yeah? If you get rigid in one, this is the way I should be, then all the evidence of the other levels are going to counteract your little belief. And you'll feel like, oh, I lost it. I'm not who I think I am. <laughs> all that baloney. Yeah? You'll be invalidated all the time when you're seeking validation. But if you're not any of that, there's no need. Yeah? It's called being pared down and economized and lightened. The load gets lighter. Because you're traveling here. Isn't there a sense of traveling? You wake up today, you had things you had to do. Yeah, you get in the car, you take a walk, you put on your little roller blades, and you're doing this stuff. And then it seems like this rolls into a night, then we rest, and then the next day. And so, that in a way, we seem to be traveling, yeah? So if you look like, what's the basic condition of living here? It seems to be a form of traveling, yeah? So what would be the greatest gift of all to travel lighter? Yeah. yeah. If, um, if it's destined to, in this act of manifesting, a sense of expressing, that it's going to seem to be manifesting in time and space, and there's a sense of traveling, then if someone could just enter, entertain a possibility of how could I travel lighter, and, and then fell upon an answer, and started to translate into an experience, that's an incredible gift. That's what we're offering in a way. That's what's on offer. We're not offering it. You're offering it. <laughs> you, you are the offering of it. Right now, that's actually what I, what I sense is going on. We're just not aware of it. Yeah. If we a little bit of awareness comes about it, it will affect all the way you travel. It just cannot help to. Not, you know. That's, it's not like it's doing it personally to you. There's no you. That's just what happens. The mind gets unencumbered by all this freaking mental activity and starts resting in space in a way. And it's all—it's—it's it's exactly what it was looking for and all these myriad symbols and, and uh, conceptual ideas of how it should be. All of them were just pale mental distortions of what actually is the relief. It's relief from all of that. It's relief from the need to be liberated. It's relief, period. Yeah, it's not purposeful, but that's the effect. You'll get a huge amount of relief when you're not walking around with a thorn in your shoe. You don't have to get special shoes and doctor's shoe pads and everything like that. You'll actually maybe be able to run without shoes. You know, who knows? Well, that, so it only appears there's a thorn in your foot. 
There yeah, is a voice of that, yes. And so you're getting out the thorn, like seeking and, and trying to pull out the thorn, but there's no thorn in the first place. Well, the thorn is, is the seeker, you see. The thorn is the one who has the thorn. It's not the thorn. The thorn is, it's the one who has the thorn. It's the seeker. It's not seeking. Seeking happens here. It's the, when it's, there's a seeker, that becomes a freaking huge mental interpretation. It's the power you give to the thorn. Well, it's, it's the power you give to the one who has the thorn. Thorns come and go. But it's the one who has the thorn. The one whose foot it is. It's that ownership. It's that being the proprietor. It's the one. It's the alpha and the omega sense. It's being the one who's here that causes all the here to seem to be good or bad, yes or no, preferable or, or adverse. We're, that's All the meaning is giving to this manifestation from the point of view that it's you. Yeah. So I think there's somebody here actually seeing the thorn when there is nobody here. That's right. Yeah. So what would happen if that dawned on you? Then there'd be no solution, right? Because there'd be no problem. That's the solution. That's how it works every day. Saturday, Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock at night, March, June, 61, 23. None of those conditions affect it one, one bit. None of the varying changes and like that affect what's so one fucking bit. That's reliable. The mind, when it rests there, it will know that it's resting on something sound. It has the ability to see that, yes? When the mind stops running after all these myriad ghosts of satisfaction and happiness and freedom and how it should look, when it just exhausts itself and rests in its own nature, it bingo. There's like an unspoken yes happens. It just dawns on you prior to ever dawning on you. It just hits you prior to being someone who who could get hit. It just hits you before the whole ball game seems to start. Ding! And then and it doesn't leave. It just resonates and reverberates, and then the mind entertains it. And the mind's finally met its match. Because it, <laughs> the mind, it's like an unbroken stare. What it's staring at never changes. Yeah, Not one iota. And it can just go into this incredibly lovely, awake trance, in a way. Sensing a presence which it didn't sense before. You know, feeling an inherent okayness, not based on physical condition or emotional or mental conditions, but on the prior condition. Yeah. So how do we get out of that collision? <laughs> yeah, there's the rub. <laughs> well, maybe it's not, well, whatever level your mind is. So that's a, that's a hard answer to give. Right. So if you're having, if you're struggling with problems of, Abuse, drinking, and using—you got to go. You know, you got to take actions before. There's always before. a solution. You got to go do what we do. Right. Yeah, and get what we get. And then, but then, if you're there's a point that you're pretty chilled out, then you can entertain it in another way. Yeah. In a sense, you got to render unto Caesar's what Caesar's. Whatever level seems to be dominant, you better pay attention to it. If you're having really a lot of trouble drinking and using, and yet you think you have a big spiritual resume, and a pride has come over you, and you refuse to think you need to lower yourself to just go to a meeting and, you know, pick up chairs and, you know, say hello to new people, like you're beyond that, then you're going to suffer the consequences of that, that stupidity, really. The mind will, in experience. So it's important, yeah? to recognize where, what aspect of the mind is dominating your life. I know people who are brilliant, they spend a lot of time with Buddhist masters, yet they drink every other week and it's destroying their lives. So they don't need to see another Buddhist master. They need to go to a meeting and get a commitment and help other people. Yeah? <laughs> That's what they need. In other words, is there a solution? The real solution is there isn't one. <clears throat> Now here, there's a lots of solutions, and they, they're determined by the level the mind seems to be on. I find the right level. So if you think you're above doing recovery, and yet you can't stay sober, I would, you know, I'd review that idea. <laughs> I'd, try, I'd become willing to listen to other people, maybe they have a clearer view of you than you do. 
Yeah, I swear. <laughs> I was tricky. You know, I, I wanted this to be the panacea of all panaceas, just like I wanted Coke to be that panacea. It's not like that. Manifestation goes on, and you have to pay your dues. You know, certain things, if your health's not well, you're going to have to pay attention to that. Yeah, if you keep thinking I'm not a body, then, all right, well, be accountable for how you feel every day. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's no quick fix, in a way, because nothing needs to be fixed. Yeah, yet there's a lot of fixing going on. It's probably one of our preoccupations here is fixing all the time, isn't it? Always trying to fix something. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you could take that less seriously, it'd probably go along a lot better. Yeah? So let's say, like we, Rule 62 in recovery, don't take yourself so seriously. How, how, can you take anything more seriously than being it? Taking yourself to be it? I would say that's the highest level of seriousness about something that you could ever get to. I am it. <laughs> so, most of us are starting from that point. So when we say, don't take yourself so seriously, it's way past the point. You're now going to try to take as a self yourself not seriously, which is taking the self seriously. You see? <laughs> you can't try not to be serious about the self as a self is taking it seriously. <laughs> You see it? Right. Yes. So, first question, am I that? And if you start entertaining you're not that, you'll stop taking it seriously. Because you want, you'll stop taking it to be you. Yeah? Instead of you trying to t- not take self seriously, you'll stop, you'll, you'll start, you'll start taking, you'll, you'll stop taking self seriously and you won't feel like you. <laughs> But if it's you trying to not take self seriously, you're going to feel like the you that's not taking self seriously, which is selfing. <laughs> but if, if you don't take yourself seriously, you won't feel like you, and that's it. Yeah? That's the whole point. You'll see it as a freaking foreign installment. Clear as day. You'll see it as a parasitical movement. You will not see it as you. You will not see it as you anymore. Once you stop seeing it as you, things really change dramatically. Yeah? And that's really death, isn't it? There is no death because it's not alive. It's just, uh, it wants to scream like it's death. Yeah. It's got an incredible repertoire of siren songs. That's one of its biggest ones. I'm dying. I'm throw me a bone. You know, but it doesn't even have. It tries to even in its death. It's trying to find relevance that it once was alive. It doesn't. It's not existing. It's appearing. It's different. Yeah, it's appearing to exist. It doesn't exist. If it existed, we'd be in a lot of trouble. You know, I wouldn't be here. I'd be at a therapy session probably because I'd be trying to make it get a little more. You know, be able to travel a little better here. I'd be working really hard, you know, I'd be appeasing it, tithing to it, you know, like that. But it, it appears to exist. That's the out. If you can see it as an appearance, then it loses its influence. Because it's all your energy that it uses to influence the mind, yeah? Yeah. It's like mind forgets its dream in this place, gives everything it's dreamt all the power to affect it. And one of the things it's dreamt is selfing. It's dreamt, it's dreaming it, yeah? Selfing is being dreamt by mind. So it's not like selfing is happening to the mind. All comes from mind, yeah? There's no product here that's not of mind. (laughs) It's not like selfing is like a a celestial asteroid that came into this system and is screwing with us. No, it's, it's from us, yeah? It's mind, mind is selfing. So mind's dreaming, the selfing, it's forgot it's dreaming it, so it, does, it forgets that it's selfing, and it takes itself to, it takes it to be a self, yeah? Once it does that, it gives everything it's dreaming the power to affect it. Exactly, yes? So it's the mind that's giving the selfing the power to affect it because it's taking it to be the self. The mind's already bought the premise of the selfing. Hey, yeah. I'm the one who's getting screwed over by all these thoughts, yeah? It's, see, we're starting for, the battle's already lost, and we're hoping that we can win, yeah? We're hoping that we can get out of self, as a self. You know how far off we are? So here's, there's a strong feeling that I'm the self that's getting screwed by the self, let's say. That's way past the point. That's like, you know, 
the war's over. <laughs> it's already been won in a sense. Now we try to, we want to see if we can change the, the course has already been set. That's the end of the course, is the feeling of being a self. So we want to go back and see this just selfing. It, it implies, it infers, it points to, but the mind itself makes the leap to the feeling of being a self. The selfing cannot produce a self. It can produce, it can lead the mind to produce the self. Yeah? To claim it, right? No, to produce it. The feeling, that sense of feeling, has to, is brought about by the mind. The selfing just implies, infers, assumes, points to, but what it's pointing to, there's nothing there. The mind makes the leap and does the rest. Yeah? Why? Well, in Buddhism, they say because it cherishes the self. It cherishes the idea of being a special someone. Yeah? It loves it. So it's very difficult to break the mind from doing what it wants to do, if it really wants to do it. It's impossible. But if, you, if it gets to a point where maybe it's just tired of this little dawdling it's been doing, and if you hear the right information, it can just, that will be its little, it'll put a stop to it in a way. It will just recalibrate, and then all the energy and interest that's going to the selfing will get extracted from there, and maybe it'll be spent in a different way. And that same energy and attention will probably enrich your life where it used to be bonding you to this fucking crazy idea. Hmm. Same energy, same attention. It's just free. It's taken out of one vehicle, it's put in, back into the original. You're reverting it differently. Hmm? You're, you're, you're not doing it, the mind's doing it. The mind's changing it. Yes. the driver. Well, there is no driver. Okay. doesn't need to change the driver. It just goes... <laughs> and the appearance that seemed to be solid just disperses. Yeah? Simple as that, really. It just, it's assumed that there's something real, so it goes, and it just disperses. And then it goes, oh, and then, oh, I'm done with that, and it starts entertaining other possibilities. Yeah? How could I, how could seemingly you, being a worn out, no, me, not you, <laughs> being a worn out, drunk junkie, turn, then have a total change about face? How could that possibly be? How could a junkie totally transform into being something else? I was neither. I was neither a junkie nor am I this. This is just expression. It's just manifestation. It's not the real deal. The real deal is, is not manifesting. Yeah? It's, it is manifesting, but it's not manifesting as the real deal. The real deal is just whatever. It's indescribable. Yeah? So these are just expressions coming from there, but they can never capture that there. Yeah? That's why nothing, in a sense, like I think Ramana was reported of saying that when he was dying, that nothing ever really happened or something. Because nothing ever did really happen. It's just been this apparition and apparition and apparition. And there was always the restfulness of mind being undisturbed and unperturbed and unaffected and unblemished by all this activity. I don't believe that's ever going to change. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, if something's causing you unrest, see who it is that has the unrest. If If it's not you, the unrest may change dramatically. Because you've given everything all the meaning it has. So a situation has been given the meaning of unrest because of the sense of being the you that's being imposed by that situation. You can change the weight of the whole metric system here just by taking out the self. Yeah, just by questioning that noun. It changes the weight of the whole place. Every, and every bit and corner of the whole place, the weight of self is there. It gets. It starts getting dismissed and reconfigured. Every every aspect of this life that you're living will be affected by this entertaining. Every aspect of it. Every every little bit. There'll be no place the mind can hide the mental process away from this influence. It's like getting to the first knot. If you loosen the first knot, <coughs> a thread from that goes through all the other knots of what you call your life. Yeah, this loosens. Everything else starts loosening up. And then you know the tree by the fruit. You recognize it that way too. 
you see you're on to something. Like, to me, it's like, it's the only thing I've ever really ran into. AA is pretty close, but as, uh, with the definition of the word solution. Yeah. Because when a solution can, even in recovery, it'll get to a point where the solution will, uh, the problem will not exist for you, which is really damn close. Because this is exactly what this is like. That's when the solution is really working, is when the problem doesn't exist for you, or as you, and therefore there's no need for a solution. That's a real good solution. Yeah? Because there is no problem. Because who's going to tell me if I'm doing good today? Who is? Who's going to tell me that I'm doing good? Who's going to report in? What? You hear yourself. That's right. Who's going to... I was going to say Gemma. (laughs) Yeah, Gemma. Gemma will try to. But I won't write Gemma. But yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Somehow, your mind wants to inform you of where you are, how you're doing. And uh, this is sort of like free fall. None of that makes sense anymore. And, you know... Yeah, no, it doesn't seem to be much of a beginning and there's, there's no end. Even the end of dying isn't even an end. And it's sort of just, you're, you're being blown like a leaf in the wind. But you got a big happy smile on your face. <laughs> Instead of being a crumpled up worried leaf, you know, you're just going with the flow, so to speak. Just works a lot better and I didn't do anything about it. That's why I can't fuck it up. It's great. If I did something, if I worked hard, like I always share this in recovery, they talked about the other night, emotional stability. I wouldn't know emotional stability if it saw me looking me right in the face. I never had it in my life. So how am I going to plot a course to get to emotional stability? You know what I mean? I had tons of ideas of what I think it would look like, but they'd all be misinformed, wouldn't it? So what happens is, I... I surrender those ideas, I, I go into an I don't know, I do this damn thing they call AA, and then it leads me to a place, and after a while being in the place, I realize, oh, this is what they call emotional stability, because I find out about it. Yeah? I wouldn't have known it if someone said, okay, here's emotional stability, I wouldn't, I would have fucked, I would have flipped out when I, before, you know what I mean? I'd be very, very emotional about it. Just laugh. It seemed boring and very bland, probably. But I just do something else, and then what happens is that produces an effect, and then in time I realize, hey, I have emotional sobriety. And now I know what it means. Yeah? Like they say, I comprehend the word peace and I know serenity. That's exactly the process here. You're in the state of I don't know, and therefore you're open to finding out, And then the mind finds out what's true to it. Not what's conceptually true to society. Not what's gleaned out of reading books. But it finds, it becomes its own authority. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. That's reliable. But it's not going to come with I know. (laughs) Because when I know is there... Life knocks on the door, has a big big box of approval or acknowledgement. You won't recognize it. Yo, should, is this from big, you know, Circuit City? You know, it should be a big TV with me on it all day. No, someone may have said, I really liked what you had to say today, or thank you for helping me out last week, whatever. It'll come in packages that, if, that you won't recognize, but when you open them, you'll find out, ah, that's what it is. Instead of saying no to it, because that's not what I don't... I don't think that's what it is. It's a whole new way of living. Try it. (laughs) If you can. Is yours working so well? We don't even go... We here... This is like spiritual kindergarten. It really is in a lot of ways. We don't even talk about time much. Do you know how much time is influencing the thinking and the feeling of being here? We're drenched in it. Our interpretation, our living, who we are is drenched in time. Who we think we are is drenched in time. We're just trying to go run to one little idea. Are you the long-lasting, independent, separate entity? Are you the doer? Are you the thinker? Are you the feeler? Are you this? Maybe if you're not, you'll have relief for a little space with the thinking, with the feeling, with time. You know? With your body image, with this, with that. Maybe you'll just have a little space, a little bit of relax, uh, relaxation, a little ease and comfort. Yeah? We're not shooting for the stars. 
We're just wanting to get up, you know, get over the curb. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> just sort of, you know. <laughs> we could go into tons of mystical, conceptual, metaphysical states and go into time and space and how mind's creating all that. How's it going to help you today? It would be like mind candy. You don't. All that would happen is you'd get the sweetness of it, and you'd have cavities that you think you'd have to fill. <laughs> We're just saying, very dark dog shit level. There isn't, you know. Here, there's two basic premises. You're either going to travel heavy or travel lighter in your expression. It's basically that simple. Tons of degrees, but you could put them in two camps: traveling really heavy or traveling lighter. Why not go with the lighter? So when you pass away, if the mind says, you really blew it, you won't be beholden to that. Yeah? Because you'll been, you'll, you will have lost interest in it years and years before. That you, weren't, what is it, you haven't been taking its counsel for 30 years. So when it finally wants to give you the last whammo, the last, <laughs> you really blew it this life. You won't be affected by it. You'll just see it like any other passing cloud in the sky. That's the freedom. Yeah. Get on with it. Why would you want to be beholden by a thought at the time of death? Yeah. When it passes judgment on you. Yeah. Time is love. Not based, not based on any evidence, but it's never been based on the evi- any evidence. It's all, most of it always been false evidence appearing real. It can pull a big rabbit out of its hat at that last moment. And if you're just gleaned to it, why pass away? What a note to end on, you know? Oh, you really blew it. Oh, you'll have no way to make it up. You'll be born on a cockroach. You start over again, whatever. Look this up from a bowl weevil. You know, if you lose it, if you lose interest in the thinker, you'll lose interest in the thoughts. I'm telling you. Stop trying to lose interest in the thoughts and still hold yourself as the thinker. It doesn't work. You're the giver of the interest. The sense of the thinker is what magnifies the interest into the thoughts. So you, 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 you're picking the wrong crop. Yeah, this. Look at the thinker. Am I the thinker? Find out. See it. See if it makes any real sense. That It's like, you know, when you're taking a shit, it looks like you're doing it sometimes, you know? If it's not coming out freely, you're like... This seems to be effort, and you can see the strain on the person's face. And you could logically say, oh, yeah, he's taking his shit. Look at him, you know, and the dog or whatever, you know. Dogs look embarrassed, don't they, when they've been socialized, that they're in the street, and they're looking at me. Everyone's looking at me. But then there's thoughts that just appear, yeah, just come up, and there's a scene, and immediately scene of them, and then there's a thought that I'm the thinker. <laughs> where, does, where did you do it? Where's the effort? Where's the effort? Did you, if you're the doer of something, there must be some effort involved, don't you think? When you do something, there's usually it's a transfer of energy. I do something, initiates something happening. Where are you at the point of transferring the energy to make this thinking process go on? Or is it a much different level of process than that? Yeah? They're just appearing, there's an awareness of them, yeah? It's like a piñata. The mind's put tons of meaning into that thought. It opens up. You think the thought brought the meaning to you. Yeah? You're at the party. It ruins your day. Whatever it does. Yeah? And it goes, and then just more piñatas and more piñatas. And thinking, oh, they're fucking, all these thoughts are driving crazy. When all the while, it's the you. It's the mind magnifying through this idea of being a you, giving meaning to everything. And then you're a recipient of your own meaning, and you don't even see it. You're blaming everything else in the world, and this and that. Yet, it's coming right from where you're sitting right now. So, yeah. All right. Don't get me.